Hello and welcome to Speaking of Conversations on Voice, Speech and Identity with me, Ryan O'Shea. Each episode, I'm talking with a guest who has a real question about voice, speech, or presence. Then I'm guiding them through concepts and exercises to help them and you understand a bit more about their question. In this episode, I'm joined by my very good friend, Ariane Villarreal. Ariane is an LA-based actress, though we actually go back several years when we were both professional actors in Indianapolis, Indiana. Ariane's question is a straightforward one. How does posture affect our breath? And we did talk about that. But we also talked about a lot of other things that affect our breathing, including being hyper aware of or overcorrecting your posture. I think we cover a lot of really useful things for both performers and non-performers alike. Let's get to it. So, Ariane, Ariane is, uh, I'm talking to you, but I guess I'm obviously talking to listeners as well. <laughs> We've known each other for a really long time. Very long. Definitely longer than my other guests I've had so far. So this is fun to yes. have a conversation with like a bestie. Hello. Hi. <laughs> I feel weird. <laughs> so uh, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Um, I'm Ariane. I know Ryan from Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. Um, we went to the same school, but at different times. And I'm an actress and a singer. And I've lived in LA for four years. And that's it. Awesome. <laughs> I'm sure other things will come up, but yeah, yeah, that's enough for now. Okay. Um, what What's your question? My question is, um, how does posture affect voice and breathing? Okay. Um, I thought of it because I've been doing a yoga challenge at my studio, which is like a 30-day every day doing yoga. And so impressive. <laughs> well, I didn't do all of it, so I can save that compliment. Yeah. But I started. Yeah. And um so yeah, it's had me thinking a lot about my body and like especially about my core because I've been trying to take care of myself throughout the challenge. And it's made me really aware of how weak I feel my core is. It probably isn't as weak as I think it is, but yeah. and I've noticed that I have like been thinking about breathing a lot instead of just like letting it happen. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you mean like in general or like with the yoga challenge specifically? In general. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so interesting. There's, uh, we're in a time in our like self care routine where it's really common to tell people to focus on their breathing which in a lot of ways can be really helpful. If mm-hmm. I'm doing meditation and finding that my my thoughts are really drifting, it can be really useful to really focus on the inhale and exhale. If I'm doing yoga, combining the physical movement with the inhale and the exhale can be really useful for helping me stay present in the moment. Mm-hmm. But there's also this, really this paradox about breathing. I think it's a paradox or paradoxical, which is that sometimes focusing on our breathing can cause us to feel some like anxiety about our breathing, Mm -hmm. especially if then we go, oh gosh, I'm feeling anxious. I'm just going to go to my breath. 
oh God, my, my breath feels really tight. Mm-hmm. Okay. It feels really tight. So I'm going to try to breathe through that. Oh, and then it's just getting tighter. And so we're actually creating this like anxiety cycle around our breathing. And I don't know that that's exactly what it is you're talking about, but I do know for myself and for a lot of the clients that I work with, when I see folks like really managing their breathing, one of the things that I'll tell them to do is like, don't focus on your breath. Don't focus on your breath at all because it is becoming this like addiction to figuring out what's happening or to, to really managing the, uh, the circumstances to really managing your experience in a way that might not be supporting you. Yeah. I, I tend to overthink it a lot, especially your breathing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Especially because with the yoga, it's, it is, you're managing it. Yeah. And so like, I've noticed just in everyday life, I have to like tell myself to breathe. But even when I do, I don't feel like I'm getting a full breath or even, or like at the start of class, they say like, take a full breath in and a full breath out. Like I know that it's not a full breath and I like, (laughs) I don't know what to do. Yeah. So then it feels like you're broken. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, I think right now I want to do, uh, just a little exercise with you and, and our listeners can really play along, which the, the first thing, and this can be, uh, a really directly related to your postural question. Mm-hmm. And so what I, what I want you to do is feel that you actually engage your core just a little bit, maybe engaging your abdominals as well. So in other words, suck in your stomach yeah. just a little bit. Yeah. And then feel like right here, you're breathing while your belly is engaged. The thing that's really interesting with me is that like, I've noticed that when I try to engage my core yeah. and like do the sucking in of the stomach, uh-huh. I immediately start to grip in like my neck and shoulders. Like yeah. I can't separate those two mechanisms. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I think let's actually, let's do both of those then, like engaging your shoulders and sucking in your stomach at the same time, just to feel what that is. And then we're actually going to then just let it all go. (sighs) And so feeling that actually in softening the belly, there's a little bit more space for the diaphragm to to do its job. It's able to move down and move your uh, stomach and intestines and um, abdominal muscles out of the way. And, you know, breathing for yoga is, is different than the type of breathing that I typically do mostly because the work that I'm doing, the the type of breath work that I do is for actors. And we're really trying to teach the actors to follow their impulsive Mm -hmm. breathing to really let themselves be affected by the circumstances and, in order to allow ourselves to be affected, we can't be managing the breath, cannot yeah. be managing the breath, right? Mm-hmm. I want to just explore some other tools with you that, and this this isn't quite getting to your question, but it is, I think, indirectly dealing with some other things that have come up. Mm-hmm. I want to explore some other tools of things you could use that will help settle your nervous system, which will then allow your breath to settle. So in other words, 
we do have the control of the breath. Like I could go right to my breath and try to change it. Right. But if I've gotten into a habit of trying to manage my breath and actually doing that creates uh, some anxiety or it never feel it's that feeling of it's never enough, that yeah. sort of thing, that's probably a good signal that I want to just take my awareness elsewhere. So what I want you to do now is to, to sit. <laughs> We're already sitting. But to sit in a way that you feel like your body is pretty comfortable so I say that because I was just sitting, but then I realized like my foot was like flexed on the floor and mm. I actually was a little bit tense in that area. So I am just like unfurling my feet a bit. So now my feet are both making contact with the floor. There's a little bit of word playing footsies now. <laughs> yeah. And then feeling your, your sits bones against the bottom of the chair. Yeah. I've noticed that when I sit, sometimes I tend to like lean forward a lot. Yeah. I think that comes from like, you know, sitting in church and being like, sit up straight. <laughs> sit up straight for yeah. Jesus. Yeah, 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 exactly. yeah. <laughs> Well, let's feel your back for Jesus. Okay. <laughs> You'll like that too. I think. Yeah. No, there is something, and I, I think we're also very forward um, oriented in life anyway, because mm -hmm. phones and television and computers and all of these things that we orient to them with our eyes. Yeah. Where if we were in the wild, the way that we're intended to be, we would have to have a 360 degree sense mm -hmm. of our surroundings in order to survive so that I can hear that thing way behind me, right? So having a little bit of a, a kinesthetic sense of your back, the back of your head, as well as the tactile sensations, the touch mm. of your back against the chair. And then notice specifically in this moment, what in your body feels really stable, feels really solid or calm. Mm. My lower legs. Great. Yeah. Like your calves. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Can you also feel that there is a stability like through your whole leg, maybe even starting at your sacrum, like your tailbone. Mm -hmm. And then your tailbone is really fused to your pelvis. Mm -hmm. So then if it starts with this stability in your lower legs, maybe we can imagine that stability really traveling up into the thighs and then traveling up into the pelvis and into the sacrum. Yeah, I can feel my sacrum relaxing. It's like shifted. Yeah, like yeah. there's like a, um, I, f I think of it as like it just drapes down yeah. a little bit, like it melts down mm -hmm. into the floor a little bit. Mm -hmm. My friend Helena Walsh is a voice teacher in Ireland and she's the, the uh, director of European uh, something. I should look up her actual title, but <laughs> going to drop the, the name and the, not drop the yeah, title. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the director of the European section of the Fitzmorris Institute. Mm. So she's also a Fitzmorris voice work teacher. And she's also training in uh, something called organic intelligence right now. And she, she helped me with this, this language of finding an anchor for ourselves that in those moments where we feel just a little bit unstable, right? And that, so that instability can be 
oh, my breath feels tight. It can be as subtle as that, right? Rather than going to, okay, now I have to fix my breath, which might actually be reinforcing that tension, might yeah. actually be reinforcing that discomfort. I can go, yeah, yeah. So my breath feels a little bit tight, but where in my body does feel super stable? And if I give my attention to that anchor, and I, I love the tailbone as an anchor because it's a bone. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bone that is super stable and it's not surrounded by areas that tend to feel a lot of like shaking. Mm -hmm. Like my hands often feel pretty calm, but when I don't feel calm, my hands are the most obvious place, right? Yeah. We, we talked about this earlier, but watching Game of Thrones last night, yeah. <laughs> I was shaking in my whole body. My hands were not an anchor, but I literally was on my couch going, oh my God, I feel so effing overwhelmed watching this and was going, where's your anchor? Where's your anchor? You can, this is not really your family. Like, <laughs> you can breathe watching the Night King. Like, you know, it's great that you had that conversation with yourself I know, because I'm I was really, just a big ball of tension. I'm really good to myself. Uh, yeah. Does that make sense? Yes. That feeling of, of the anchor. And I think what it does too, that you, that does go back to your question in noting something like that, you can feel your body naturally shifting. Yes, it just it it brings away some of the tension that I because I tend to overthink a lot of things and especially when I notice that something is wrong, I want to fix it. I'm a fixer. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Have we ever talked about the the term end gaining or did you? Um, I can't remember if you've done um, much Alexander. We, yeah. yeah, I've done a little bit and I think we've talked about it, but it was a long time ago. Yeah, I think it's it's a it's such a valuable principle because it shows up throughout our lives. But the uh the idea of end gaining is that we we notice uh a challenge, right? A mm -hmm. problem perhaps, mm -hmm. and we go for the quickest result. Yes. So if we're talking about uh putting a nail into a wall, then picking up a hammer and touching the nail, that really makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. But if we're talking about something like our bodies, something like our nervous systems, often going directly to the source of our discomfort ends up creating more discomfort. Yeah. Because the nervous system really is programmed from a survival standpoint mm -hmm. to have us look for what is wrong so that it can save us, yeah. right? So if we are finding things that are, quote, wrong, that aren't actually deadly, mm. our body doesn't know the difference. So our body will interpret the discomfort of breathing in yoga class as as big of a threat as uh, like saber-toothed tiger <laughs> chasing me, right? Yeah. But if I can go, ooh, okay, so I, I feel a little bit discomfort in my body, rather than spending a lot of attention trying to fix that area, I could get really, uh, well, one, I could go, okay, where's my anchor right now? Mm. Where's my anchor? What else am I noticing? And that stabilization uh, might naturally help me, one, breathe. And then also, I'll, I'll often feel my body just ever so slightly, really gently, just softening mm -hmm. a bit, feeling my my legs giving into gravity, feeling my shoulders giving into gravity. 
sometimes when we have things like the postural thing, like I'm, I'm thinking of something like a lot of us sit kind of hunched over. So I'm hunching over now yeah. where my belly is super compressed now. And sometimes people will go, oh, the posture's bad. So then they'll overcorrect the other direction. I'm really good at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so then I'm now I'm lifting myself up and I'm bracing, uh, tensing all of my muscles to hold myself up. Mm-hmm. And while I might be more upright, there's still a ton of holding in my belly yeah. that's making it more difficult to breathe. So if I feel that, ooh, that contraction happening, that bracing happening, Rather than just going for, oh, I'm going to go to the opposite thing to fix it, I can get curious about uh, what happens if I gently move that area and see if really if that, that tension, I think of tension as if you've got like a garden hose and when the water is flowing really nicely, mm-hmm. that the, the hose is totally unfurled, right? Yeah. But then if you have a kink in the hose, the water stops. The flow of energy is stopping, right? Yeah. And tension is really similar. But we are not as uh, simple as garden hoses <laughs> that we can just unfurl that kink. Yeah. But we can go, okay, if my if my neck is feeling really tight, I can go, okay, well, my neck is connected to my head. So maybe I can move my head for a moment and just see what happens there. And actually, yeah, now my shoulders are wanting to shift just a bit. And now my spine is wanting to move and there's my anchor. And just that little bit of like playful exploration of movement Mm -hmm. sometimes helps energy move just a little bit. Yeah. Cause then I'm not so much thinking about like what I should be doing yeah, and just like being in this moment with my body. Yeah. I'm curious because you just were, uh, you know, you were just in this production of America adjacent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was great. Yes, it was. (laughs) Yeah. Yes, it was. (laughs) So was there anything about your breathing that you were aware of either in performance, like in performances of Mm -hmm. the production or like while you were in process, in the rehearsal process? I noticed that I started to have issues during the actual run of the show uh-huh. and not during rehearsals, which is interesting. Oh, yeah. But my character had a lot of anger, which is not something that I usually yeah. let myself experience in day-to-day life. Yeah. Um, and I actually haven't really played a lot of characters who really let their anger out in mm. the way that this character did. Yeah. And so I found myself really trying to control things, especially during yeah. the run, because I was also nervous about like it being well-received. And like this was the first time that a lot of my friends had seen me act in a long time, if ever. Yeah. And so like all of that pressure plus like living in this character that was so dark for me, I felt like for maybe four of the six weeks of the show, like it was, I was just a ball of tension the whole time. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Can you talk a little bit about where that tension seemed to live? (laughs) It lived in... Did it feel like there was like an epicenter of the tension? You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was definitely in my like neck and shoulders. Yeah. And I could feel myself like leaning forward when I was 
expressing that anger and yeah. like I wasn't able to take a full breath yeah and like I was forcing some of those emotions and like it was still I still got there but like it didn't come from like it didn't come from the breath yeah yeah I'm super interested just thinking about what you said earlier when we were tensing our belly mm -hmm. and you going yeah, yeah yeah and my shoulders always tense yeah recognizing that my shoulders were really tight in performance and I also had a hard time breathing, mm -hmm. which oftentimes there is this very primal response that when we feel threatened, whether that threat is legitimate or whether that threat is, oh God, my friends are all here, <laughs> yeah. right? Also combined with the genuine circumstances, the, the way that you were genuinely being affected by the circumstances of your character, mm -hmm. like all of it is working on you simultaneously, right? Yeah. That when we feel that threat, a lot of times one of the first things that happens is the belly starts to just brace a little bit, starts mm -hmm. to squeeze just a little bit. Mm -hmm. So then if that's squeezing and I, if you already have a sense of, oop, belly squeezing and shoulder squeezing are very connected, mm -hmm. that that is going to start to that I am now seeing that ball of tension, right? That everything is kind of being pulled and tightened inward. Yeah. Yeah. And then could be so interesting then, the main thing I'm thinking about is if you were to feel either your anchor, right? Mm -hmm. So what would it be to, to find stability in the midst of all of that, the chaos of those circumstances, mm -hmm. right? Because it would allow you to breathe, which would then allow you to feel yeah. <laughs> more affected by everything. Sometimes it, it might also be like something about softening yeah. into... The softening was really hard for me. Yeah. It's because she was a really hard character and like yeah. it was so... um judgmental and like black and white thinking yeah and like that's already something that i'm working on as a human being <laughs> yeah. to let go of yeah and like doing things right or wrong and the other thing i don't know if this is like exactly on topic but i just thought yeah. it was really interesting is that i had a really hard time letting my character go when I yeah. went home and like, that was a huge part of it is that I would just carry that tension night after night after night. Yeah. And then like, by the time it got to our fourth show of the weekend, I was dead. It was exhausting. <laughs> yeah. 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 So it, I, I realized like, as you were talking, yeah, all of that tension that you're talking about, you know, we spend a lot of time in actor training, you know, I teach in a school and I also teach classes throughout the week. And most of my work is around helping people find freedom in their body, finding freedom in their breathing, right? Mm -hmm. But the way that we are affected by circumstances, especially by uncomfortable circumstances for a lot of us, is that we get tense, right? Yeah. So it might have been that that tension that you were feeling was just right for that character, right? Yeah. That that's just you, like you said, just being so fully affected by things that that tension is very alive in you and, yeah. and letting yourself work from there. Like maybe that's just this character. Yeah, she doesn't have true. the enlightenment to be able to, no. uh, to soften as much. Yeah. But yeah, that could be really uh, dangerous for her to soften in her mind, right? Yeah. 
But for me as Arianne, I had to learn to let that go. Yeah. And, and the, what's so interesting, you know, is that so much of our work as actors is really like going into fight or flight. (laughs) Like we are playing, we are exploring aspects of humanity where Sometimes it's, it's just like a day to day interaction and it can be really playful and silly and fun. And sometimes we are exploring parts of humanity that is, we are literally sending our nervous systems into fight or flight. Yeah. And letting yourself go there and playing from that place actually is not dangerous. Like we, we can, go into to fight or flight pretty like a healthy person can go into fight or flight pretty easily yeah um going into freeze um, which we'll save that for another day probably mm-hmm. <laughs> going into freeze is more problematic but or can be more difficult to come out of anyway mm-hmm. but being able to play in that fight or flight place mm-hmm really necessary for our work, really necessary for like athletes, yeah, <laughs> right? To be yeah. able to um, think of like football players, they're in fight a lot <laughs> of the time. Yeah. If they were to calm themselves down, I imagine that that's right when they would get tackled, right? Yeah. But then I compare that to like, I imagine like a golfer, right? right? Who would need to find the utmost stability so that I can concentrate, so I can make sure that I'm really with ease knocking that ball, right? I think for us, the challenge is how can I allow myself to go into fight or flight, be able to breathe while I'm there Mm -hmm. so that I can be affected, so that my voice will function and I can be heard and all of that good stuff. And how do I help myself, help tell my nervous system, okay, and now we're safe. Yeah. Now that this world, this imagined world is over, what can I do to really tell my nervous system that actually I'm fine yeah. and that I, I I no longer need to be in that uh, red alert <laughs> place? Yeah. Right? And the anchor is a great way of exploring that. Basically, Whatever we give our attention to, our nervous system believes it and it will magnify that experience. So for that 90 minutes that you are giving your attention to the chaos of your world, right? This is a woman who is pregnant. She was uh, illegally in this place. So mm-hmm. there's the fear of being caught. Mm-hmm. You just had a child. There, You're living with other people. There's all sorts of... And she was a victim. And of... Absolutely, yeah. right? So there's yeah. the trauma of your... I forgot about that detail. Yeah, the uncle. Yeah, she's oh, a... <laughs> yeah. 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 So there's all of these circumstances, traumas really that you're exploring mm-hmm. and fully imagining for 90 minutes that that lives in you Mm -hmm. and to be able to go, okay, and now that it's the end of the night, I have bowed. Great. What can I do to tell my nervous system that everything is okay? Yeah. Yeah. Something like the anchor is really useful. Something as simple as just letting yourself see the room that you're in mm-hmm. and maybe even taking it a step further of like, oh, I can, I can see the room and actually there's some things that I like 
about the details that I'm seeing. Like I'm seeing your uh, tube of lipstick <laughs> on my table over there. Yes, I did wear lipstick for this recording <laughs> yes. session. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. <laughs> and so like really letting myself like, what is it about seeing that? I love the color. Uh, and, and now I'm letting myself kind of spin on uh, – just that I love lipstick in general, right? <laughs> but I could I could keep moving on. Ooh, and I love the color of that purple yoga strap. Uh, I'm looking at the floor and I, I there's all of these like scratches on the floor, but actually that feels kind of enjoyable to me in this moment because it's uh, just a reminder that this is a really lived in home, you know? Yeah. So just letting yourself see your surroundings is again another way that you're telling your nervous system that you're safe. Yeah. Because if there were actually saber-toothed tiger behind you, you would not have the time or capacity to look around yeah. and enjoy. You'd have yeah. to run like hell or get your spear ready, right? To fight. <laughs> yes. So the those sorts of I, I found for myself as um as an artist. Even for myself as a teacher, like when I'm being present with other people who are experiencing a lot of anxiety or a lot of um, maybe even trauma, mm -hmm. that I really have to take care of my nervous system and actively tell myself sometimes, actively remind myself that I'm safe yeah. by connecting to my anchor, by connecting to my surroundings yeah, and really reminding myself that. I'm okay. I'm thinking of one more, like a ritual that I interpreted from Brene Brown. Where she Love her. Uh, she's my great. Girl. She's amazing. I, I was reading Daring Greatly recently. Mm. And one of the things that she was talking about is that the people who have the most resilience, resiliency in life are people who have a gratitude practice. Mm. And this is like people who have lost loved ones, lost spouses, lost children, but they actively practice gratitude. Mm -hmm. And so something that Cam, you who you know very well, my yeah. boyfriend and I will do a lot of times when I have trouble falling asleep at night, if I'm feeling really anxious, mm -hmm. I go, Cam, we need to play the gratitude game because I'm spinning on things that are making me feel really anxious. And then of course, making it difficult to fall asleep because my body thinks that a terrible threat is around the corner. Yeah. Right? So we'll do a gratitude practice where we go back and forth saying things that we are grateful for. That's so um, cute. It's it's pretty like sweet for sure. <laughs> and what's nice about it too is that inevitably we end up saying at some point that we're grateful for the other mm -hmm. and it's such a it's such a wonderful bonding experience but also a really great reminder for ourselves. I think you know, he and I live together. We've been together for a few years. You could get to a point of kind of taking each other for granted. Mm -hmm. But because pretty much probably like every other night at this point, we're playing the gratitude game. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty frequently saying out loud to him the reasons that I am grateful for him. Yeah. And it's it always starts with a few things back and forth, pretty energetic. And then you start to hear the like pauses. And then the, I'm really, I'm grateful for my cat, <laughs> right? Like where we're literally just falling asleep as we do it because Aww. orienting to that 
that subject of the things that feel really positive, mm-hmm. my nervous system is literally deactivating yeah, as we're talking about yeah. it and then we pass out. Yeah. <laughs> right? So as maybe cheesy as it feels um, or sounds, yeah. it is so great. Saying yeah. out loud what you feel grateful for, that has become a, a ritual. Yeah. And saying it out myself. loud is such a different thing than I think than just thinking it. Yes, it is. Makes it more real. Using your voice. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) So I know this doesn't directly or didn't necessarily directly get to the, your real question, (laughs) which was how does our posture affect things? Mm -hmm. But I I think also, but addressing the source of the tension, that is like a huge part of the posture thing. Yeah. I think especially because, yeah, there are some physiological things of our spine wants to be in alignment. Mm -hmm. And so if we can, if you can at least find that basic principle, right, of my spine is upright, I've got my, the, the four curves of my spine, my neck, my, my lower back, right, have a natural inward curves. Mm -hmm. If I can find those curves and then I feel that, okay, yep, my belly is soft my pelvic floor is soft, (sighs) my tongue is soft, my shoulders are relaxed. If I really am like orienting off of my spine, Mm -hmm. my torso is really where my my respiratory system is. So if those areas are nice and open, then your breathing will likely be as well. The reason I don't necessarily always go straight to posture is because of all of those things that we've talked about. Mm-hmm. That very rarely is it just a postural question. Yeah. Even if I'm talking about something like slouching, sometimes something like that is just like, yeah, I'm more comfortable like that. Sometimes slouching is, I don't want to be seen right now. Yeah. <laughs> right? And so just correcting my posture might not be the the best thing to deal with. Be- dealing with the belief that I don't want to be seen right now that might be more work, right? (laughs) But more beneficial in the long run. Yeah. I don't want to pathologize everybody slouching and making it feel like (laughs) if you're doing it, it's because you're broken, right? Fix it. Sometimes it just feels good. But I guess the point is, and this really is going back to that Alexander technique of end gaining, that very rarely is the, the place where we think the tension is beginning very rarely is just directly dealing with that tension useful. Yeah. I think there are some things that we, some exercises that we can do, but even then, even if I'm talking about the the body work that I do, the Fitzmaurice voice work destructuring sequence, mm-hmm. we call it the, the warm up really. Even with something like that, if I am going into it with the intention of I'm really tight and this is going to fix it. That is totally changing my energy with it. It's totally changing how I'm approaching everything. And there's going to be an efforting of it that probably won't open my breath as much as, you know what? I really just want to explore feeling good Mm. while I do this. Oh, I really just want to explore doing these exercises with a sense of finding ease in my body. Or I really want to explore what I can shift like moment to moment to find softness. Things like that are so different than I have to get rid of this feeling. Yeah. Discovery is always more interesting than fixing and 
better in the long run. The gems of wisdom from this one. Well, you're listening to Speaking Of with Ryan O'Shea. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, Ariane, I feel like this is a good uh, segue then. Where can people find you? Oh, uh, like it depends. So, social meets, that sort of thing. Yeah. Not just like what bars you frequent. <laughs> yeah. She's um, single. Hello. Hey, what's <laughs> up? Check out my Instagram. <laughs> it's um, at Villarelli. I'll spell that for you. V as in Victor. I-L-L-A-R-E-A-L-L-Y. Or you can find me at my website, ariannevillareal.com. Or yes. Villareal. I never know how to say my own name. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> yes. And I like the, it's Ariane, like Marianne without the M. Yes. That always feels important to tell people. Yeah. It really does help people. It does. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. their anchor. It's, it is their anchor. There it is. Full <laughs> and on, circle, baby. Full circle. And on that note, we're calling it. Bye. Bye. <laughs> That was my friend, Ariane Villarreal. I want to take this moment to say that I hope you're following along with the exercises and finding some connections and ease within your own body. What we haven't done a lot of in this show is any physical warm-up. That's mostly because it won't really be very interesting or maybe even useful for a podcast where you can't see these physical warm-ups. I mention this because up to this point in the show, we've really been talking about concepts and exercises that make you aware of how your breathing works, but that's really just one piece of the puzzle. Physically opening up your breathing is really important too. Anything you can do to open up your breath channel, stretches for the ribs, forward folds where you're breathing into your lower back and helping release your spine, neck stretches... Those sorts of things will all help you find more openness in your body and breath. There are great books and online resources where you can find examples of vocal exercises. Yoga is great for opening up the breath channel as well. And you can also look for classes and workshops or private coaching if that's an option for you with voice teachers. If you're in Los Angeles or wanting to travel to Los Angeles, I'm teaching a weekend workshop in Fitzmorris Voice Work, June 22nd to 23rd, and I'll be going through a a series of exercises that will help you with just that, opening up your body and breath physically. We'll also be talking about a lot of the concepts that we've explored in the podcast, including vocal support. Uh, if you're available, I would be so happy to have you join. Finally, if you like what you heard, please be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're using Apple Podcasts, taking a moment to write a review about what you like about speaking of would be so appreciated. Until next time, bye! Bye!